The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, realtor, Deb Tomorrow. Hello. <laughs> Sounded Sorry. like you made that sound. Sorry. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um so I I beg this is Deb tomorrow and I ask you all to bear with us today because we seem to be in rare form and by we I mean Karen. So um I'm a realtor. I am Deb tomorrow. This is my show, Real Real Estate Today. And eventually we will talk about real estate, but we'll probably talk about a bunch of crap before that. Anyways, I am joined as usual by the lovely and talented Miss Karen Rastel. Hello. Uh best damn lender in the state of Indiana. Hallmark Home Mortgage. I feel like we haven't done this show in like a year. You mean like last week? I know. We did it last week, but for some reason I feel like we're just coming off of Christmas break or something. I don't know. I feel like out of practice. So I'm also joined by um, Rachel, associate producer, face of an angel, voice of a sailor. Funny story about that. I was going to say, maybe that's what it is because Rachel wasn't present last week. Yes, she was. No, she wasn't. She was totally here. Oh, yeah. So it's been like four years. So I forgot to mention last week, I wanted to mention, and I don't even think I got around to introducing Rachel last week, because who knows why, um, that she sent me a picture of a gift that she got from her sister-in-law-ish kind of, uh, yeah. And it's this, I thought it was the coolest idea. I loved it. It's like this, um, I, I guess she sends off words that describe Rachel or that, you know, say Rachel to her, things that Rachel likes um, to some company. And then they like embroider a blanket that has all these things on it. And one of the things she picked up on was the uh, face of an angel, voice of a sailor. And it's like big. It's huge. Yeah. Like a cross of an old blanket big. You sent me that picture like right around the holidays. Yeah. That is awesome. That is, I know. So now it's like, oh, guess what everybody's getting for Christmas next year. You'll know exactly what I think of you. (laughs) I just think that's cool. That is. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So that's who's here. Eventually we're going to talk about real estate. Um, today, we're actually going to talk about value and uh, how do you determine a home's value and things like that when we get around to it. But um, first, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. Last week, we made a big announcement, big, big, big announcement about my 101010 project. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not following that on Facebook, I highly recommend you do that. Um, so I'm celebrating my 10th year in real estate. Hard to believe that I've survived 10 years. It's probably the longest I've ever done anything. Um, and so in uh, celebration, we are... Um, taking 10% of commissions and donating them to 10 nonprofits, local nonprofits. So we've been having fun uh, getting the word out about the different nonprofits 
Um, so I'm just going to go over them real quick because uh, I like to give them a shout out. My Sister's Closet, National Alliance of, is that National Alliance of Mental Illness? Pets Alive, Stone Belt, Girls Inc., New Hope, uh, Family Shelter, Positive Link HIV Services, uh, PALS, People and Animal Learning Services, and Ariaton Agency on Aging. And then someone was very, very uh, attentive to detail and said, that's only nine. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make the other announcement on Wednesday. So I did. So number 10 is um, what we're calling hashtag do good Bloomington. It was a movement that was actually started by uh, someone else here in town and we're sort of picking up on it. And uh, we should probably make sure that we give them credit every once in a while because I didn't start the hashtag do good Bloomington. I'm just hijacking it. Um, And it's just doing random acts of kindness. So we're putting aside a bit um, from each commission to do that. But last week we had our first uh, donation. So that was exciting to PALS. And we, Rachel and I made a visit to PALS on, I believe, the coldest day of the year, which is an excellent day to go visit horses in a pasture. And she's like, do you want to tell you the names of all the horses? I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, she came, came, told me some and then she, there were more horses. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm good because I pretty much can't feel my fingers anymore. But we got to meet Daisy, which was a tiny, tiny horse. Aww. Like Daisy was like, Miniature, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, two feet, three feet tall, somewhere. I mean, just a little bitty. Oh, thank you. Didn't really care much for me because I had no food. Mm-hmm. She's a little yeah. fickle. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, pretty much like a dog. Um, and they said that they struggle with them because you want to kind of treat her like she's a dog. Like, sit, Daisy, or you know. but Because they're so small. Yeah, because they're so <laughs> small. They just, but anyways, it was a really cool organization. And one of the things that really struck me about it was that they serve such a broad population. I thought that was really cool. So there are people with developmental disabilities that, you know, go in on a regular basis and ride the horses and take care of the horses. And they have all kinds of cool um uh, aids that help get people on horses. Mm-hmm. I can't get on a horse. Um, so that was really cool. But then they also bring in school groups and it teaches a lot of um, confidence and it also teaches about responsibility and that kind of thing. They have a veterans group that comes down. It's not just veterans, but it's families of veterans too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come, they bring a group down from Indianapolis like every other week and they come and they uh, have various chores that they do with the horses and ride them and that and they do uh, put on some shows and things like that Um, and they're looking at expanding the services you know to lots of segments of the community so that's one of the things i thought was really cool about this organization because a lot of organizations are really specific to the population that they serve and this was just really broad reaching so Mm -hmm. um and i think what you're doing is awesome because I never even knew what PALS was. Yeah. And then something came home from my son's school, elementary school, and there was something in there and it caught my eye. Mm-hmm. I think in the past it may not I may not have even thought about it because you know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's like in the connecting forefront. dots mm-hmm. and yeah. So um so we're gonna keep talking about these various organizations. We're featuring one uh, every day. Uh, right now on Facebook, but we're going to make a point of uh, visiting as many as we can um, or trying to, you know, talk with people and help raise awareness as well as donate money because it's really a combination. So everybody can do good where they are. Um, even if you don't have money, just helping raise awareness is a great thing, too. So um, so that's awesome. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about some real estate changes that happened this week. 
the lenders seem really excited. We are about excited. It. I know. I've gotten like 16 emails from different <laughs> lenders telling me about it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not that excited because I don't know why. So tell me about what are the changes that happened in the lending world this week that we should all be really excited about? So FHA announced uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, uh, that uh, starting loans that close or disperse on or after January 27th, they will now have a lower annual mortgage insurance premium. Like the calculation is going to be lower. So it's going to help a lot of homeowners. Um, I think there was a report that said that on average – by the FHA lowering this, um, the homeowner, a homeowner or home or buyer may mm-hmm. save about five hundred dollars a year because of the. Uh, so that's like what? sixty. No math, friend. Forty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So, so. basically, anytime you put uh, less than twenty percent down, uh, as I like to say, your lender doesn't trust you, and they want you as the borrower to take out an insurance policy that helps them cover any losses if they were to foreclose on you. And that's what this mortgage insurance or MI is referring to. An FHA loan is a very popular first-time homebuyer loan because it requires three and a half percent down, and that's it. Uh, and they typically are a little bit more flexible on how much debt you have. That um, is a fair statement. Yeah, yes. I have some clients and that, that's really all they can do is an FHA loan, even if they have more money to put down because they have a lot of student loans mm-hmm. and that's hurting their debt to income ratios. And so an FHA loan is uh, definitely more flexible with that. So a lot of people do the FHA loans. I'm sure it was probably the first loan that I ever got. But yeah, I know mine was. Yeah, I, I remember mine was. So this uh, forty dollars a month, on average, that it could save you because mm-hmm. they're lowering those insurance rate, those mortgage premium insurance rates. That you know that buys you uh, about ten thousand dollars in more house. Absolutely. <laughs> so and FHA if, announced earlier too. I mean, just recently that they're increasing their loan limits. So in certain parts of the country. Where, like where we're located here in Indiana, um, it used to be like the max limit was $271,050, and now it's like $275,650. It's like, it's a new number I'm going to have to, you yeah. know, yeah. remember. So, that. and that's that number is dependent on where you are in the country as they realize that property uh, values you know, real estate's more expensive in other parts of the country. So, so that's cool. Um, so that, and that's pretty much effective now because if it's closing after January 27th, anybody right. applying for loans now, you're yes. going to close after January 27th. So, yep. so that's good. So as interest rates continue to kind of creep up and be a little bit higher than they were last year, at least we've got some good news and some savings on other uh, parts of the loan world. So, well, I wanted to also talk about, uh, a website and an app that I found use for this week, um, and it's called House. I don't know how. You, here's a funny story. I don't know how you say this. It's H O U Z Z, and okay. so I don't know how you pronounce that. And so I had to do the research this morning because I thought, oh crap, I'm gonna have to say this on the show, and I don't know how to say it. So I was like googling, how do you pronounce House? Okay, there are. 100 web pages, if not more, dedicated to how you say it. Oh, really? People <laughs> okay. discussing. They're like message boards, people discussing how That's you say interesting. it. interesting. Okay. So I'm kind of like, well, you know, if you've got a company that nobody knows how to pronounce, I don't know. Is that, I, I don't know. So did you find the Yeah, because you know what okay. I had to do? <laughs> I had to YouTube it. I thought, I'm going to YouTube it, and I'm going to find an interview with the owners, the founders of the company. Saying the and, name. Yeah, and then I played it over and over and over again. 
That's okay. Yeah. So say it again one more time. House. So it's like house. Yes. Right? Because it's house. Yeah, you have to do a deep voice and you have to say house with a Z. So, um, the, anyways, my story with this, I don't know if anybody saw on Facebook that I had Rachel put up a copy. When I was a teenager, there were two magazines that I would read religiously. I, one of my fondest memories is I'd walk down to the nearest drugstore, which was Osco, and I would buy magazines. Nobody reads magazines anymore, right? You just read the internet. Mm-hmm. At least I do. But I would buy uh, Star Hits. Did you watch Star Hits? No. No, it's a good magazine. This is about like mid-80s British rock, not rock, pop. Duran Duran, AHA, Thompson Twins, Howard Jones, Tears for Fears. Nope. Oh, you're missing out. And they would like print the lyrics to the songs. and. Wait, what was it called again? Star Hits. Okay. There was a, I don't know if that was the magazine that we used to get. Teen Beat? Tiger Beat? I was going to say Teen Beat. No. But no, but there was one where it did. It listed all like the popular songs that week that Casey Kasem was about <laughs> to do. <laughs> and then it had all the lyrics listed out. Yeah. Maybe it was the Maybe same Maybe it was Star Hits. It was really good. So then the other magazine I would buy to offset Star Hits is House Beautiful. No. I don't know why. I think it was maybe foreshadowing. I'm not sure. My mom used to always kind of look at me weird, like, you're 13. Why are you reading House Beautiful? Yeah. And sometimes I would force myself to read the articles because they were expensive magazines. And I thought, well, if I have them, I should probably read the articles. But really what I wanted to do was look at the pictures. So that brings me to House, which is basically like House Beautiful pictures. And you don't have to feel guilty about not reading the articles. It's just tons and tons and tons and tons of pictures of like houses and rooms and decorating. I know it sounds like, what do I need that for, right? But then this week, we talked last week about how Yuris got um, some pillows and, and, you know, got the whole bedding, master right. bedroom thing, right? So we've been, you know, brainstorming a lot of ideas, and then we ordered this couch and then realized the couch is probably too big for the room and yada, yada, yada. And I want to get an area rug, but I'm not sure what color to get. And so, you know, I go on to this house app, and I just put in, Seafoam, gray, bedroom, like just some keywords. And then you like hit search and it just brings you up like tons of pictures that you can just like flip through. It sounds so much easier than Pinterest. So much. I can't do Pinterest. I can't do Pinterest either. And I didn't want to admit it, but I just did on the air. Yeah, I don't know. It's so much easier than Pinterest. So anyways, this is a really great app uh, and it's a website too. So definitely um, take a look at that because if you're trying to um, brainstorm and come up with some interesting color combinations or decorating ideas or inspiration or whatever, that's it. Let's go ahead and go to our first break and then we're going to come back and talk about how do you value a home. We'll be right back. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, thanks for coming back and sticking with us as we muddle through this rainy day here in Bloomington, Indiana. I never really say where we're from. We're Bloomington, Indiana. What is every other show? Yeah, I didn't know it was raining today, but the wind is super. You can't walk straight outside. That's no, I know. (laughs) Yours is like, um, yeah, that tree's gonna fall in the house. I'm like, why do you? That's my biggest fear is wind. I just can't stand it. So, um, so we were talking right before the break about the house app. I have to say it like that. I don't know how house. Um, but anyways, it's really cool. I know there's a lot more you can do with it than just flipping through pages like it's House Beautiful without the words. Um, so if there's a house expert out there and you want to, like, you know, call into a show and give us all the tutorial, that would be awesome. Hashtag house. Uh, <laughs> hit us up because I'd love to know more. But, yeah, I'm not a Pinterest person at all. It's just way too much visual stimulation for me. So, But... I am a spreadsheet person, so let's talk about home values because that can be kind of spreadsheety sometimes, and I definitely like that. There's this new Zillow ad running. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it really makes me want to scream and cry and hurl myself off a cliff, <clears throat> pretty much like any time I hear the word Zillow. But the dude talks about how they're buying a home and how there's a Zillow future estimator that it's so awesome because it's going to tell them what the home is worth in 10 years. I've not seen this oh, ad. Oh, oh, I can't take it. Are you freaking kidding me? Is this online? No, no, no. It's such TV. I'm sure. On television. Yeah, but you know, we only watch shows about Alaska, so if you have to watch an Alaska show to see the ad, okay. I don't know how that, that's the only channels that we get okay. apparently are shows about living in Alaska. Um, sometimes I feel like it, <clears throat> if I expl- have to explain to you why this is wrong, why Zillow telling you your house is going to be worth this in 10 years, and you if you believe it, you probably shouldn't be a homeowner. Mm-hmm. But then that comes across as really snarky, and I don't want to be like that. No, because you're not a snarky no, person. No, not snarky at all. <sighs> but let's revisit briefly my own personal experience with Zillow. We're not going to go too deeply into this because we know what this does to my blood pressure. Yes. Okay. So I, uh, if you recall, I went on to Zillow 
gosh, it had to have been back in like March or April when we first started doing the show and uh, pulled up my own home and it told me that it was worth about $100,000 less than what I think it's worth as a real estate professional and also significantly less than what I paid for it. Um, but it also said that I had two bedrooms when I really have five and it didn't, you know, it was right. just a lot of incorrect information. So I corrected the information and then it told me that my house was worth like $11,000 less <laughs> because, yeah. And then now every once in a while, because I've gone on Zillow and claimed my home as the owner, it sends me random emails like once a month. It's like, mm, your home has gone down in value, $1,229. You know, I, I'm going to admit I did that after you mentioned yeah. doing it. on the, And I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Same thing happened to me. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember what it started with, but then I claimed the house. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And I've updated it with yeah. the correct information. Correct information. And then it was like, here's your value. And then, like, two weeks later, it was like, I'm sorry, there's been a change in your yeah. value. Like, you suck. Wah, it's wah. lower. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how <laughs> like, does that okay. happen? And why is it, like, this $1,229? Right. Like, how can you be that precise? I don't even know. So then I, when I was doing my research for this show, I pulled up, there's another online uh, estimator. I think everybody's kind of trying to get on that bandwagon because it's been such a big thing. And because people, suckers, believe it off of Zillow. So now Chase has one right? Online estimator uh, that kind of does the same thing. It says, all you have to do is enter your address and it will estimate the value of your home. So I did that and it said value not available. (laughs) Thanks, Chase. That was helpful. It did, however, tell me that my house last sold in 2012 um, and that it has two bedrooms and that it was sold for $259,900. Is that sales price? None of that's that's anywhere close to correct. I wonder where... I don't know. Where did it come up with 2012? I don't know. Like, I was going to say that um, at a company I used to work for where we did what was called a home value um, estimator, Mm -hmm. HVE, Mm -hmm. or an automated value something. Anyway, it would, it, we were always told that it's taking all kinds of information from different resources. Public resources. Yes. Mm -hmm. And saying, okay, in this, you know, in this whatever radius of mm-hmm. whatever, we're going to give your value, the value of your house is going to be X. But I don't know where they come up with like sales price. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that this maybe 2012 may have been the last time I refinanced, possibly. I don't know. But like even so, like the sales price is a sales price when you purchased it. So that is public right. record. Right. But that's not it. But that's not it. No. Okay. Mm. So then I thought, okay, well, let me give them another chance. I'm all about giving second chances, right? So I put in another house that I have. Um, and it had a little bit more accurate data. It estimated that, uh, but the estimated value range, it's okay, your house is worth between 78000 and $109,000. That's On a $100,000 house, that's a pretty big range, mm-hmm. $30,000. I don't know what someone could really do with that. Um, so I'm not so sure how great that value estimator is. Anyways, okay. So that's let me bring the blood pressure back down to a normal level. And we're going to talk today about the basics of home value. We've covered some of this on and off in shows because it's something I feel very strongly about. And in fact, we talked a little bit about it last week, which is why this full show topic this week. Because I had, uh, if you remember my story about I was showing a house to someone and they brought their friend along, and she yes. was insisting that the house was overpriced. And that the basement didn't count. Because the basement <laughs> didn't contribute to the value at all. And I had to have some conversations about that. So that's why I thought, okay, we need to just delve into this a little bit more. So the value of your house is not based on what you paid for it. 
It's not based on how much you've spent to improve the property. I know we see a lot of those charts come out, um, especially this time of year, and they'll say, if you replace your front door, you get, you know, the average cost of that is $1,400, and that adds a $1,000 value to your home. And, you know, if you place your garage door, if you replace your roof, if you updated mm-hmm. the bathroom. And um, and I think what a lot of people try to do, and I, we see this in listings a lot, the sellers will kind of have their list. Here's everything we've done to maintain and improve the house. And they associate a cost with it. And they kind of try to, okay. they're trying, yeah. Mm. Doesn't always work that way. And then one of the things I get too is people go, well, I painted this, like the exterior or whatever. You got to differentiate between maintenance items too. Right. You know, just normal maintenance items that you need to do no matter what that don't necessarily add value. But I think those charts, I mean, they can provide some good um, direction if you're wanting to make good decisions on home improvements. But again, this whole thing is not a black and white. It just isn't. You're right. I'm, I've never sold a house, um, but you're right. There's there's always people have, they've kept a list or they generate that list before mm-hmm. meeting with a realtor because they want to see if maybe the number that they're coming up mm-hmm. with is the same number you're going to say, okay, I've pulled some comps <clears throat> and I believe that your house can yeah. sell for X, Y, Z. Yeah. But I, ha- I remember this, you know, 10 years ago, one of my first listings and they gave me that list and I just remember looking at it and going, you know, painting the shed that's yeah you're not gonna get money back for that (laughs) that's just like cleaning your toilet um okay so value of your home is not based on what you've paid for it how much you've spent to improve the property the fact that your best friend insists that he would pay a a specific amount we get that a lot i would pay double that for your house it's so cool uh the value of your house is not based on zillow the value of your house is not based on what you need out of it if you are trying to sell or if you're trying to refinance I'm sure you've run into that sometimes. Mm-hmm. People wanting to refinance and they need to hit a certain number. They do. And yes. they don't quite. Sometimes they don't make it. Sometimes they don't. But they'll say, I'm I'm fairly confident because the house next door, like it just sold and it was, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I thought, okay, you, yeah, you have a totally different house than your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Right. So what is your home, the value of your home based on? It is based on who is asking or who is determining the value, and how that person values the location and the amenities, you know, the size of the house, um, some updates, but not all updates really count that much. Um, it, how that person values recent solds that are comparables, and how that person values the current market trend, um, you know, what the competition is priced at and what the, what the market is doing. So it's based on who is asking. And I don't know that that's a concept that people... Always embrace. Um, so who who are the people that are typically asking about value? It's a buyer mm-hmm. um, or it's an appraiser or it's a realtor. Um, pretty much anyone who's not Zillow can determine value. I'm just taking Zillow out of the game. They're not allowed to in my book. So it, it's like beauty. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm-hmm. Value is in the eye of the beholder. So value is the definition, my definition of market value is when a buyer is willing to pay what a seller is willing to accept. 
Remember my little visual? Yes. We need the. It's we should inter- probably take a picture of my visual maybe during break and we can put it up on Facebook because I have to put my fingers up and I do the little cross. And, and I, I say, do that too when I yes. talk to people. They can't see me, but I think Deb's doing this <laughs> right now when I talk about Right. That. When the seller's willing, the point where the seller is willing to accept what the buyer is willing to pay and when those points cross, then you have value. But the sellers are different and the buyers are different. So that point can be a moving target for sure. Um, so value, um, and, and so value is just something that's kind of a moment in time for a particular person or a particular party. Um, and so this is what drives people crazy. I don't know, Karen, have you ever worked with an engineer? Um, I've done loans for engineers. Yes. I love engineers. We need engineers. Yes. They do very important things in this world for us. Um but one of the reasons that an engineer is very successful is because they do kind of look at things very black and white. They look at things in spreadsheets and they look at patterns. And last year I um, was talking with a lady who was buying a for sale by owner in your neighborhood. And she, when her appraisal came back and it was lower than the agreed upon purchase price. And she asked me for my opinion, which I couldn't really give because I wasn't involved in the transaction. However, she forwarded me the email from the seller because he was not willing to budge on price at all because he had this thing figured out. He had spreadsheets. He knew what his house was worth. Um, and it was, and he had, and this email was so long, and it was like, here's what the market trend is, and here's what the, you know, the bond markets are doing, and how that relates to this and this and this. And here's every house in the neighborhood who's, in the neighborhood who's sold, and here's how I am ranking my house compared to those houses and the factor that how, I mean, it just went on and on and on, because it really, for him, needed to be a mathematical formula. Okay. And it needs, a lot of people really do need that. That's a lot um, of research to do, because there's a thousand houses, easy. Yeah. in my neighborhood. Yeah. And for sure, very smart guy. Really put a lot of thinking behind everything. Um, but he ignored a very important thing. He, the buyer. Mm-hmm. He only had one side of the equation, the seller side. Um, and when the buyer is involved, then there becomes emotions. Um, there ain't no spreadsheet for love. That's my quote for today. <laughs> We're going to make a meme out of it. There ain't no spreadsheet for house love. Okay. And that just plays into it. And nobody can. I mean, nobody, an appraiser can't figure that. A realtor can't figure that. Or I think as a realtor, we have our pulse, our finger on the pulse of the love mm-hmm. because we play matchmaker every day. That's our job is to play matchmaker. And so we kind of know what people love and what people don't love and are able to kind of match them up. Um, and so I think when you get uh, a, an opinion of value from a realtor, it takes that into account. Um, but he wasn't, yeah, he just couldn't, he forgot that the appraiser was a person and that they value things differently than he does. Um, and that's just what makes it really different. So let me, let me, like, here's another example. Karen, would you pay $5,000 to go to dinner with Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon? Yes. Yes. Rachel, would you? No, she wouldn't. You like him, right? But, but I would pay five hundred thousand if I had the funds right. to do it. Yeah, exactly. And Rachel, not so much. Maybe what hundred bucks? Maybe oh be gosh. a good time, right? Yeah, sure. Because same, same, same end product. Mm-hmm. Dinner with Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake, right? But you guys have different. You value it differently, right? An engineer's going to go. Yeah. One of you has to be wrong, right? <laughs> right. It's, Someone's it's wrong Rachel. here. It's Rachel because it's not me. Mm-hmm. Then we got to throw down in the back alley. Right. And then Deb gets to go to dinner with Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon. 
Okay. So when you're watching uh, house hunters and the buyers say this house is overpriced, what are they really saying? They're saying, for me, this is the kind way of saying it, for me, I do not value things, the same things that the seller does. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You guys are both okay, even though you don't value Dinner with Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake the same. Okay, so that's the point I'm trying to make. Let's go to a break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about how exactly the realtor puts a value on your home when you ask that question. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back as we talk about uh, value. And we were just talking about how value is in the, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice today, uh, in the eye of the beholder, uh, much like beauty. And so it's just really dependent on who is determining the value and what they value. Um, there ain't no spreadsheet for love. Sorry, <laughs> engineers. And really buying a home is about love. Now, I will say that if you're buying an investment property, it's a different story. There is kind of a spreadsheet for that kind of love. But, uh, you know, for your home that you're going to live in, you want to love it. It's a little bit different. Um, I hear this all the time when, I, when I'm when i doing open houses that people say, you know, this is overpriced. 
And I kind of get my hackles up and I get defensive because I think they're insulting me. Do you remember the guy that came through your open house? No, what did they say to him? No, the guy said, well, you said, well, it doesn't sound like this is the house for you. But but no, he came in and he was like, that garage does not, it isn't whatever. You can't fit a car in that garage. Right. (laughs) I was like, well, there was one in there this morning. But but, I didn't see him measuring anything. Yeah. Like everybody comes through. But yeah, so I try not to get defensive. I try to just be like, okay, deep breath, you know, and then say my usual, sounds like this probably isn't the house for you smile um and also just you know looks like you don't see the same value that the sellers do and that's okay um you know this is a good opportunity to kind of figure out what you do value obviously i haven't been able to get over the whole the basement doesn't add value scenario i had happen last week and that's why i'm hoping this um oh sorry um that this uh show today helps me purge that so i can move on yeah, I kind of doubt it. But anyways, let's talk about how a realtor, because what we get, you know, and you see this all the time, realtors um, advertise, you know, free. Uh, like we call them CMAs. Oh, yeah, I don't, we call them CMAs, but uh, comparable market analysis or uh, comparative market analysis or whatever, free home analysis. Let me tell you what your home is worth, blah, 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 blah. And that's, that's true. We can all do that. And so I want to talk a little bit about how you do that. Um, it's interesting. I had a client or I had a gentleman contact me last night. I had talked to him about six months ago about listing a house that he had. And it was a very, very, very unique house. It's really kind of cool. It's uh, in this tiny little town in our county called Steinsville, um, where I've named the, I've given the town the motto, we're not as far as Gosport. Okay. Everybody thinks Steinsville's really far away. And I'm like, but, but it's Gosport's high, it's further. Thing. Yeah. Nobody knows where Steinsville is because it's so little. But it used to be a quarry town. So it's really kind of cool. It's got some really cool history to it. And this guy lives in the old doctor's office from, you know, like 1882 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's this tiny little, it's a tiny house. But it's old. Wait, is it the one that's on the MLS right now that is a one-bedroom? Yes. I have totally looked at that okay. one thinking, I'm So <laughs> the guy did not list with me. He was very honest with me when he contacted me. I saw the, my phone ring last night and I thought, oh, jeez. Really? I kind of was like, you had your chance six months ago. <laughs> Anyways, um, and I've been talking with him today. But he said, well, they were willing, this other brokerage that he went with was willing to give me a, like a written analysis of price. And I had kind of said to him, I don't know that I can give you a fair analysis because in order to do that, I have to compare your home with other similar homes. They don't exist. <laughs> No. It's a one bedroom. It is so small. And that's 1900, what whatever, you know, doctor's office that's been restored by historic restoration nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like, and I said, that's really the reason why I kind of said, here's what I think on price. But in situations like that, it is really hard. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to throw a price out there and then be really attentive to what kind of activity you're getting and what kind of feedback you're getting and then make adjustments. And sometimes that's all you can do, um, you know, to try and find that one person who loves it. And so anyways, house hasn't sold, obviously. Um, but um, it just that was kind of making me think, you know, about how it can be really tricky sometimes to do these market analysis. And I think it's a little bit, we can all try. I mean, we can all throw numbers on mm-hmm. a piece of paper, but, you know. But I mean, now I'm just curious about this particular mm-hmm. Uh, seller, but did they ask you that six months ago? Like, could can you yeah. provide this? And yeah, you explained. I said I think it's really really tricky to try and figure out right you so, know how people are going to perceive it. He had had some people that had expressed interest, and I was like, well, what are they willing to pay? You know, because I was just trying to gather some information right. to figure out how people would perceive you know the value of this property. 
So anyways, we'll see what happens. Um, but it is kind of a cool property and the original tiny home. I mean, I I I completely looked at it a yeah. few times online because I thought, hmm, what if I just bought that? Like, could my <laughs> could my oldest son live there? Right. You know what I mean? Right. But then it's what's really way cool, out there. yeah. <laughs> but it's not that far. It's not as far I, as Gosport. Um, but what's really cool is because it's an old doctor's office. There's like a bunch of doors because there was like a door to the front office and a door to the pharmacy office and then a door to the back. And it's just like I don't know. It's a really funky, cool house. Okay. So here's basically. Um, how we go about um, trying to figure out what the value is. And honestly, I usually go into it and say, here's a range mm-hmm. of values for your home. And then, you know, we'll try and kind of um, boil it down from there. But first thing we do is we just look at the basic data of the home, the square footage, the age, the style, the lot size. And then we're going to look for comparable properties in your neighborhood or similar nearby neighborhoods which have sold, we start usually with six months. And this is kind of where people get tripped up. Because if you're in a neighborhood, I was just had a client interested in buying a house in a neighborhood. It's not a very big neighborhood. And she asked me for comps and there's nothing that's sold in there the past two years. Because there's not that many houses and it's just not a neighborhood where people move a lot. They like it. They're happy there. So I had to go back to 2014 to try and find anything. So then where we, you know, then you have to kind of make some good sound judgments and there's not really rules of thumb again this is where engineers would lose their minds because it's not like choose your own adventure if you can't do a then you do b kind of thing so what i do all i can do is talk about what i do is that i then go if if the neighborhood's not really giving me the data that i think makes sense then i go to elementary school and I searched by elementary school and because to me that kind of gives you that general area um and it may be that you're you're searching you know, in a certain square, three mile square, or something like that. Um, very, very tricky with rural properties. Really, really hard to do. Um, so you have to try and find you know something that is somewhat similar. Um, and if you had a ranch home, and it was in a neighborhood full of two stories, that's tough. I think your home would be a little tricky. I've been told, and um, as long as I've been out at my house, and I've had like three different mortgages on there, mm-hmm. like refinances and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not building out there any longer. Mm-hmm. But I'm the only house in those thousands mm-hmm. that ha- is a ranch mm-hmm. over a full walkout basement. Yep. So they do. They have to go outside a little bit farther in right. their in their radius to find comparables for us. Because when you're picking your, say, you're looking, you know, my goal is to have three to five properties that I'm going to compare to. Um, you know, I'm going to try and stick with the same style. So a ranch home with ranch homes, two-story with two-story. Um, we start to throw basements or not basements, then that gets really tricky on what's an appropriate adjustment. So I try to stick as close as possible. So, yeah, I would certainly have that issue. I'd probably have to reach outside. But the thing is that your area that you're in, you're in a very nice neighborhood. And then when you get outside of your neighborhood, it's mostly rural homes. Mm-hmm. So that is, it's a tricky, yeah. I'm, I don't know that I'd want to be an appraiser. I think that's a hard job. I, I would want to be the appraiser. They have yeah. to deal with lenders. That's true. <laughs> they have to deal with that's us. That's true. Yep. We're going to talk about that in the next segment a little bit too. Um, and then so if the homes are similar enough, then sometimes you can just make adjustments based on the price per square footage. That's sort of where I start because I think that's easiest for people to wrap their heads around. And uh, and if that gives me a range that, you know, seems to be appropriate, then um, and, and by seems to be appropriate, you know, I kind of go back to I work with a lot of buyers. And so I know, you know, I've been through enough houses, thousands and thousands of houses with buyers that I know, yep, yeah, OK, that they would be OK with this price. Um, 
but if you if if you can't you know if making those square foot adjustments or the aren't quite cutting it you know then you have to start to figure out this is where the perception comes into play how much value does a fireplace add uh a wood burning fireplace right. or an yes. electric or yeah, a gas one. And some people don't like fireplaces because they think that they um, use up too much gas. That'd be that'd be that'd be your stuff. Tony. Yeah, uh-huh, that'd be Tony. Uh, Karen Karen texted me the other night because I have the fireplace on. I'm gonna get in trouble because the gas bill's gonna be high. <laughs> I was like, well, I have wood burning, so I'm all good. But the you know, but the heat's going out or whatever. Um, oh, swimming pools is a big one. Yeah, you know, because here in Indiana. Mm, not a huge swimming pool season. Um, there are, I have worked with buyers who are like, I absolutely want to have a pool. Well, I have about four houses in the whole county to show you. <laughs> but, you know, does it add value? Does it take away value? Yeah. That's a little tough to say. And it depends on, I mean, for some people it does add value. <clears throat> but for other people it doesn't. An extra bedroom, an extra bathroom. I had this listing once that had like six bedrooms in it. And I think the seller kind of thought, you know, it's got six bedrooms. And I'm like, that's great. Most people don't need six bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, and if you say, well, but somebody out there does. Yeah, it's that needle in a haystack, right? We talked about that once before. Are you looking for the one needle in a haystack? Or I want the haystack that has like a lot of needles in it so that I have a bigger chance. So anyways, we, you know, the house was... It was pretty good size. It wasn't like a celebrity mansion, but it was like maybe 3,400 square feet or something. And the seller just thought, you know, great, there's six bedrooms. This is awesome. Uh, the market thought, what the hell am I going to do with six bedrooms? I don't need six bedrooms. And they kind of passed it by because they just thought that's too much. Right. Um, and so I changed the listing up a little bit to show like four bedrooms. And we were calling things like offices and dens and bonus rooms just to kind of downplay it. Because when people were doing searches by bedrooms, they just see six and go, whoa, that, that's right. not a house for me. Um, it just threw off a lot of people. So like, does that add value? Does that take away value? Appraisers typically have a sheet that they've developed that kind of says, okay, I'm going to adjust $3,000 for a fireplace. or I'm going to adjust $6,000 for um, each garage bay kind of thing. So we can use that as a rule of thumb. But certainly every amenity in your house can't necessarily be adjusted for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, as someone in our market where granite countertops aren't really the norm, is someone going to pay $10,000 more for granite countertops? Probably uh-huh. not, but they might. Again, it's all in the eye of the beholder, for sure. So let's go ahead and take our last break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about the appraiser's um, idea of value and a little bit of how they work with the lender, too, because I think that's good information to know. So we will be right back. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. 
Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. We are talking today about value, the value of a home, uh, and how it can't be... um, just diluted down to a column on a spreadsheet. What do we say? There ain't no spreadsheet for love. <laughs> so, Karen, you were just asking a question about... I going to ask you a question. Um, I had a couple earlier this week that said they were interested in a particular house, and they told me that they thought it was overpriced, mm-hmm. And but their answer was, it doesn't even include a washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. And I said, you don't have to have your appliances included in there. I mean, maybe... They want to take that washer and dryer with, do you know what I mean? Right. And they said, well, and I don't know how they were putting a price tag on it. Yeah. I said, well, what are you thinking that you think the house is worth? And at about like $20,000, $25,000 less. Less because there's no washer and dryer? That's the first answer they gave me, and that had been on the market for a long period of time. Well, and that could be true. That could be true, Mm -hmm. too. But the first thing was, I think all the other homes they've looked at had washer and dryer. So to them. Right. Well, and you have to look at their situation, too, because a lot of people are trying to buy a house without a lot of money, extra money. And so they maybe right. didn't have money to buy a washer and dryer. And so now they're putting even more value on a home that does have a washer and dryer because it's like, how am I going to pay for one if I you know, need to buy my own kind well, of I thing? I did the Well, maybe that house, it just isn't for you guys. <laughs> maybe it's not so. the right house. Exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about... Um, the appraiser, because that's the other person. We talked a little bit about how a realtor takes a look at the value of your home. Uh, we've talked about how the buyers look at the value of your home, but how, how does an appraiser look at the value of your home? If you'll remember from our previous conversations, your lender at some point, if you're buying your house with a mortgage, will send out an appraiser and they'll report back on the condition of the home and also the value so that the lender can protect their investment and make sure that they're not um, over-investing. Um, and in a purchase um, with or a refinance, which is when people typically use an appraiser, the appraiser's customer is actually the lender, um, even though you as the borrower pay for it. So can you talk a little bit about the, the I wouldn't say new rules, but yeah. Um, well, what, you can't? No, I'm saying, I, think I know you said it. Your notes say this, but I know. that's the wrong No, okay, opinion. so there's, <laughs> no, there's arm's length rules, but now there's hand's length rules. I studied up on this. Oh, I don't know what a hand's Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't okay. make sense to me. I guess you can be closer than an arm, but not quite a hand's length. That's what, what. I don't know. You're so, the, I know. Deb, you're so funny. I studied. <laughs> no, I studied up because I, I, I wrote in my notes, appraisers have to be at arm's length from everyone. And then when I was doing some of my research, they were using the term hand's length. And I was like, I guess they can be a little closer. Well, I know that on certain loan, most loan, no, like we'll talk about FHA, for example. FHA says um, if it's non-arm's length, meaning that the purchaser, the mm-hmm. buyer has a relationship mm-hmm. with the seller of the home, FHA may say if this, if you have a relationship and it's not uh, the, anyways, they may require mm-hmm. a higher down payment. 
Okay, but this is talking about, and I got confused there too when I was doing my research. This is talking about there's a hands length rule rules about the appraiser and the lender being separated. Maybe that's what, and that's the when you have that third party kind of thing. Maybe that is the terminology yeah. or the lingo that they used right. once they have right. the new rules came out that said that the lender cannot have communication with the right. appraiser. Exactly. Um, it can't. The lender can't engage the appraiser. Mm-hmm. So a third party that's not associated with a financial gain of that loan, like mm-hmm. of that transaction, mm-hmm. has to order and request the appraisal. So maybe that's yeah, what that is. I think I've never heard mean. of I know. Length. I thought that was funny. I was like, okay, interesting, hands length. So um, so what Karen is saying, back in you know, 2005, 2006, oh, the good old days when there was tons of mortgage fraud going on, the appraisers were, could have, they were a part of that. Not all appraisers, but there were some appraisers that were a part of that who were over appraising homes. And then that was allowing people to get cash back on homes and be way over leveraged um, on, on you know, a $300,000 mortgage on a home that was probably only worth $100,000 and everybody gets upside down. It's a big hot mess. So one of the things that the federal government put into place were regulations that kept the appraiser at hand's length, at hand's length, apparently, from the lender. So now you guys use a third party, so you don't call up the appraiser and order the appraisal. No, we used to be able to. Yeah. We could call up the appraiser and say, hey, do you think you can get out to this house like mm-hmm. tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Because we need this like in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And that used to be fine and legal. Yeah. But and so now that you call a third party who then places the order and has all the communication with that, and you can't have any communication Correct. with the appraiser. Even after the report comes in, mm-hmm. um, if I have a question like, oh, I wonder why they didn't let, or, or whatever. If I have a question about something on the report, mm-hmm. I have to filter or funnel that through the third-party uh, management company. Yeah. So, so that they, yeah, they'll reach out. Yep. Uh, and as the realtor, I think the rule of thumb that I, I've kind of found is that the appraiser is not really supposed to have contact talk to anybody involved in the transaction. Um, I'm certainly allowed to call them and ask questions, but they're technically not supposed to answer me. Right. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I always say that to my clients. I'm like, I can ask any question I want. There's no you know, rule against asking questions. It's the other party's responsibility to know whether they can answer me or not. Right. So, um, And so, and all appraisers pretty much use the same form, right? Yes. It's a Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae federal government form. It's a standard form, form mm-hmm. and it all has to get uploaded. Yeah. And yeah, so there's new appraisers have um, also have new regulations that they have to follow as well. Yeah. They they are very, they've licensed, they've the apprentice for a very long time with uh, an existing appraiser. It's it's not a overnight thing to become a right. home appraiser. Um, and so there's a video that I think Rachel's going to put up. It's a little YouTube of some guy. I think he's out of D.C., but it's a three-minute video. He talks to about he's an appraiser and how we evaluate your home in three ways and I thought this is a pretty good simple explanation of how so I'm going to go over it really quickly too because what's interesting to me is that appraisers actually evaluate your home in three different ways Um, they have the comparable sales approach which is very similar to how a realtor would do it um, but they probably take a little bit of the love out of it they try to be a little bit more black and white but there's still a lot of judgment calls mm-hmm. there's still I mean they walk through your home or walk through the home you're intending to buy or the home you're refinancing and they do look at what's been updated but what they're comparing it to they may not know if that how updated that kitchen is or how old that roof is so you know that's why it's difficult to kind of figure out 
what that's worth to an appraiser because they're comparing it against homes that they don't have the same information on. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, so I've seen lenders come back and ask the appraiser sometime for different comps. That's one of the things um, I had one once. They said, we want something on the same side of the highway. I was like, really? Yeah. But usually, you know, there are three to five appraisals of comparable properties trying to find things that are very similar. Um, And that's usually the main way that your home is evaluated. But they usually also will have in the report the income approach, which is assuming that your property um, has a money-making ability. Um, They may not place a lot of emphasis on it if it's an owner-occupied home, but... um, if it's a rental or an income producing property, they will do that as a form of uh, appraisal as well. And then the third way that they look at uh, value is the cost approach. And I think this is probably similar to how an insurance agent would place value on your home. It's what it would cost to rebuild. Again, they don't usually place a lot of emphasis on that when they're evaluating your home, unless it's a unique property and it's difficult to find comparable properties to. So that's how a, an appraiser takes a look at it, and they kind of look at those three, and then, um, you know, I don't. They don't really like average them together. They just kind of say this is the number that makes sense, mm-hmm. and that's really what it is. Does it make sense for the appraiser at that point in time? Um, you know, I always tell the story of a house I listed um, last year, and they had it refinanced, and then we went to list it, and we listed it for about uh, two weeks after the refinance for about thirty thousand dollars more than it appraised for, and my seller was like, "No way!" And I was like, "You'll get it," and they did. So it was just a moment in time mm-hmm. is really that sort of who's asking and what what day of the week it is is kind of how you, yeah, have fingers crossed there. So, all right, next week, I'm kind of excited about next week's show. I thought we'd talk a little bit about flipping, flipping properties. Okay. That's such a hot thing, and I don't think we've really ever talked about it. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about it. I was watching Flipping Vegas, just happened to be on, and that show, again, makes my blood pressure boil because they're just so mean to each other all the time. <laughs> so we're going to bash them a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about the ins and outs of flipping. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you follow us on Facebook. That's Deb Tomorrow Realtor. Um, and follow along on our 101010 project uh, that's going to be going on this year. Have a great week. We will be back same time, same place next week. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets. 